Amen. Wow, this has been good this morning. I needed our time of corporate worship. It's one thing to worship uh, at home and in your private time, but it's a whole other thing to come together with all you folks and, and worship God in spirit and in truth. I'm going to slide on over so I don't get in your way. See, I sit over here, and I know I, uh, this blocks the screen, so I try to ease on over. I'm not upset at y'all, you know, over here. Y'all don't take it in the wrong way. It's not that you smell or anything. Hey, aren't you glad you got air on that side of the room this morning? Y'all feel it? The air condition is fixed. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah, last Sunday, if you missed it, uh, we didn't have air. So it was, uh, we had it half the room and not in the back. So it was a challenging Sunday, and we abbreviated it real quickly. Listen, I'm going to, we started spiritual gifts and my wife reminded me, she said, I was so hot and fanning, I don't even remember what you said. And I said, well, if you don't remember what I said, I bet at least half the room might have remembered what I said, but that half didn't. And so what I want to do is just give a quick review, and then we're going to jump on into our topic on spiritual gifts. You know, why do, you, why do we have a spiritual gift? And uh, when do you receive a spiritual gift? And how does all this work? Is it important for me to know what my spiritual gift is? Listen, the Bible gives us some of the gifts that are listed and, and they're pointed out. Uh, we're, we have an assessment tool that we use to help you if you don't know what it is. It's not a fail-proof thing. It's just a tool. It's like if you take this assessment and you, uh, you just say, well, that's it. I'm going to stick to that. No, it's just a tool. Because there's other things that reveal what your spiritual gift might be. Is other people will help you. Uh, they see your giftedness. They see the Holy Spirit working through you in that particular area of your life. And they will confirm it. Or even they will deny it in some cases. My wife goes, oh, no, no, you don't have that. You might think you have that, but you don't. I live with you, so I know you don't. And even this, uh, I told her, I took one yesterday, and mercy... Mercy, of all things, was the lowest one of mine. And she, she said, honey, you have mercy. You show mercy all the time. I said, well, my test score said I'm lowest in it. And so I'm just letting you know that there are some things that, you know, you just you use it as a tool. But why do we have the gifts? Remember last week in 1 Peter chapter 4, there's, there's the speaking gifts and there's the serving gifts. And we're going to be looking at a list of 16 gifts. They're not all inclusive. There's some that say there's seven gifts. There's some that say there are nine gifts. There's some that say that there's 16. And some that say there's 23, Brother Terry. So pick and choose, okay? <laughs> but I believe that the Holy Spirit gives us gifts for two reasons. Not to glorify yourself. He, he gives you a gift so that you serve the body of Christ. That's the main reason. Uh, that's, that's one of the main reasons. The main reason that he gives a gift so that Jesus, God will be glorified through Jesus Christ. You find that in 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 10 and 11. And there are speaking gifts and there are serving gifts. And some of you have, uh, you'll look at your list and you will be able to determine what are the speaking gifts. And some of you will know, well, of course, that's a serving gift. And we'll be looking at that. Let me go through real quick what I covered last week. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 1, Paul was telling the church in Corinth, he said these words, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you 
to be unaware. Concerning spiritual gifts, he, Paul wants us, God wants us to know what your gift is and what your giftedness is. He don't want you to be unaware. Unaware is to not know or to not understand, to be in the dark about something. You know, to be honest with you, I never knew what my gift was. I was been a Christian, been in church, and then finally we were in the days of Butler, Georgia, and I'd, I was married, never had one of these, didn't know what a spiritual gift test or assessment was. And I remember the pastor started speaking on it. And so we got tested and, uh, to see what it was, and, but I'd never really used it or thought much about it. But then when God called me in the ministry, I began to research this a little bit more and study it more. Because, see, it's not just to say, hey, I got this gift, and to brag about my gift. No. It's to use it to help others, to serve others, and for God to be glorified. So he doesn't want us to be unaware. Second is, he says this in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. He says, but to each one is given the manifestation, which that word means expression or exhibit, of the Spirit for the common good. See, there's another clue for us. The gifts are given through the Spirit. It's a manifestation of the Spirit for the common good of the whole church, for the body of Christ. It's what it's given for. And then 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 11 says, but one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually just as he wills. So in essence, the Holy Spirit is the giver of the gift, and he gives to you and I individually just as he wills. Because he's going to decide what that gift needs to be and how he can use you and use that gift to make a difference in serving others. I know Matt told me this week, he said, I'm just overwhelmed at the outpouring of love. And that was just on those that knew. I'm like, look at when the body of Christ comes together and people begin to send cards. And You know, sending a card to someone is a powerful thing. Sending a note to someone, that's just as much as a visit. It's just as much as fixing a meal. Some of you go, well, I can't cook. Well, you can send a card, or if you can cook, you do that. I know some ladies that that's their ministry. They cook. You know, down in South Georgia, man, when a person dies, they, they, them folks cook, and they just pour the food out. And I told Mama, I said, y'all ought to cook like this for folks while they're living instead of when they die. You know you know what I'm talking about? But, man, there's so, more, so many more potato salads and everything else you can name up down there. That's how we knew somebody died. Somebody was bringing potato salad into somebody, you know, down that way. That's, that's the truth. All right? But gifts are giving for speaking and then for serving. Now, how many of you would rather serve and not speak? Raise your hand. Okay, I'm a, I'm a guessing that's going to be a big majority. Yeah. You'd rather serve, but don't, don't ask me to speak. Okay, that's usually most of the people. And the others that didn't raise their hand were embarrassed to raise their hand. You know, some of them in the room. But there are some that speak and have a speaking gift. I, I know people that have it. There's those, this is not a gift that you choose to desire, it's whether God chooses it for you. And I told you my story a little bit last week, but I didn't want to speak. I wanted to just serve behind the scenes. But when God said, I want you to speak, then I have one or two options. I can say, 
know and disobey God and pay the consequences of it and miss out on his blessing, or either I can say yes and trust him, that he's going to do what he wants to do through his servant whom he made, by the way, and if he, if he formed your days and fashioned your days before there wasn't one of them, I think he knows what's in store for you along the journey, and he knows what's best for you. And if you believe this, I believe this with all my heart, it says those that delight themselves in the Lord, he will do what? He will give you the desires of your heart. Now, everybody wants that last part. Everybody wants God to give them the desires of their heart, but the first part is necessary, those who delight themselves in the Lord. And boy, that, that, that's a whole different message. We're not even going there right now. Okay, so what are we going to be doing today? We're going to be looking at what are some of these gifts? What are some of the spiritual gifts that are out there? And I've already told you there's a list of seven, list of nine, list of 16, list of 23. I'm going to use the one that has the 16 in it, and it's not all-inclusive, but it, it has the main ones. And we're going to be looking at it. And let me give you, here's the, pretty much the list of the gifts right here. Man, that's not looking right. Fix it for me. I had it looking right, but... Yeah. Bring it up on the screen. No, it's supposed to start with administration. They're in alphabetical order. Go back, Caleb. All right. Administration is a gift. Administration or ruling. This is like a leadership gift. Then there's discernment. And then there's evangelism. Then there's exhortation. There's faith. Faith is a gift. It is. We all have faith, but we say, Lord, increase our faith. But you, you're going to get a definition of that faith one in a moment. Giving is a gift. Some of you have the gift of giving. And you give, you just love to give. Helps is a gift. What's that other one right there? Hospitality is a gift. You can't see it, but I know what it is. It's hospitality. My wife has that gift. She loves to open up her home and be hospitable to people. I thought, this is a true story. There was a hospitality committee at a church that I first started serving in down in Butler, and I thought I was just going to be hospitable to people. But my job was a dishwasher in the kitchen. And I said, I didn't sign up to be the dishwasher in the kitchen. But they said, this is the hospitality committee. And it, this is one of our functions of it. And I said, I got, somebody did a bit, a, a bait and switch on me is what they did. I didn't, I didn't sign up for that. Move it up, move up to the next one. Go to the next screen. Knowledge is a gift. Leadership is a gift. Mercy is a gift. Pastor Shepherd is one of the gifts. Prophecy is a gift. Service is a gift. Teaching is a gift. And wisdom. Now I know there are other gifts that are listed out there. There's the gifts of healing that we don't deny and we, and we are going to look at. There's also that some that have the gift of tongues. You see that that's spoken of in 1 Corinthians 12 through 14. An interpretation of those. But I'm not going to focus on those 
you get in that in Baptist churches, you're going to have a whole lot of people wondering about what you're doing or where you're headed. But I'm just, I, I don't deny them. I acknowledge them, and we will teach about it. But here's the thing I want you to see. We're going to focus on these 16 main gifts that the, the Scripture speaks about. Now, I'm going to have to pull out my glasses. I've done got to that point in my life. 56 years old, and I have to have my reading glasses at this point, okay? I got the, I think these are 2.0s is what they are. Y'all, some of y'all know what that is, but is that high or is that average or is that low? Those are three? Who's got better than three in the room? If you do, go to the eye doctor, I would say. <laughs> you might need glasses, don't you? All right, these are for reading purposes only. All right. Romans chapter 12 says this. Romans chapter 12, verse 4. For just as we have many members in one body, and all the members do not have the same function, so we who are many are one body in Christ, and individually members of one another. And since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, each of us is to exercise them, I like that word, exercise them accordingly. That means use them. you got to work them. Exercise means work, doesn't it? That means use it. If, if it's prophecy, you do it according to the proportion of his faith. If it's service, it's in his serving. Or he who teaches, in his teaching. Or he who exhorts, in his exhortation. He who gives with liberality. He who leads with diligence. And he who shows mercy with cheerfulness so those are just some of the lists and if you go over to Ephesians chapter 4 you're going to see where Paul was addressing that church and he says he gave some the gift of apostle he gave some the gifts of prophet he gave some the gifts of teaching and pastor shepherd and evangelism some of these overlap in some of the lists but but here's the thing that we teach I believe I believe that the scripture teaches that the spirit gives the gifts and it's for the good of the common good of the whole body. It's not for our glorifying, it's not for our edification, but it's to serve others. And so that's how we use these gifts. So let's begin to look and, uh, at something here that's going to be a good tool. Over the next several weeks, I'm going to be covering this, but years ago I taught this uh, back in Bethlehem. Uh, where I, when I was pastoring there, uh, a thing called PLACE. And PLACE is an acronym that stands for, P stands for your personality discovery. L is learning your spiritual gift. A is an ability awareness. C is the connecting you to whatever you're passionate about. And then E is about your experiences in your life that you have. PLACE helps you find your place to serve in the body of Christ. And so... I've taken some of this material. Angie and I used to teach it. I, I was the place coordinator and administrator for the church. We had a place database. We took people through it, and it, to me, it, it finally put everything together. Rick Warren has his called Shape, if you've ever heard of it. It's the same principle. But a guy named Jay McSwain put place together. And really, when he put that place ministry together, I went to the training of it, and when I did it individually for myself, you're going to enjoy this. When I got down to the connecting you to your passion, I wrote what I was passionate about. Outdoors. 
love the outdoors. I'm passionate about sports, hunting, fishing, passionate about it. I mean, what, what you don't have to set your alarm clock to is what you're passionate about, my friend. You know what I'm saying. What you don't have to set that alarm clock, if you know it's opening day of deer season, man, you can't sleep that night anyway. You can't. You're passionate about it. If you've got a golf tournament, you can't sleep that night. If, you're, if it's one of them, I'm going to go shop till I drop, I'm passionate about it. I've got the gift of spending, not the gift of giving, all right? Somebody have a wife that has that gift of spending in the room? You know what I'm talking about, yeah. Don't raise your hand, brother. You, you're getting an elbow if you raise your hand, all right? So you know what I'm talking about. But here's the thing. I was passionate, passionate about that. So Jay came by. Jay was actually leading this one. And he came by and he, he went, whoo, have you ever considered uh, this thing called Christian Sportsman's Fellowship? It's an outdoor ministry that churches do. I said, I hadn't heard about it. And so he, he put me in touch with the guy that was leading that. And the guy told me, all you got to do is find 10 guys in the church that's willing to do it with you. And you can start your own. Man, it took me about one day to get those 10 guys. One day. Your daddy was one of them. I mean, it didn't take long to find them. And I had that list, and I put that group of guys together. And old Tackett was one of them. When he walked in our church, and he saw the Christian Sportsman Fellowship table in the atrium of that church, he looked at his wife, he said, I have found my home. <laughs> and I thought about it. You know, how many, how many people... I didn't think you could do that in the kingdom. I didn't think you could do that in, in church. But they showed me. In 15 years of wild game dinners, we've seen hundreds of men accept the Lord Jesus Christ. One man came one year, accepted Jesus, and we didn't know it, but that fall, he was bow hunting. And his his stand collapsed and he fell 20 something feet out of that tree to his death and to this day men came by and they said we're glad that we knew where he was headed and you see you just never know just like your ministry is you open up your heart and share your passions and see most people come out of their own experiences in their life whatever your experiences help if you've had a hard experience in your life a difficult that's usually what you begin to have a passion for in helping so we're able to put all this together to help you know how can God use you can he use you yes he wants to use you and I mean he just took a passion to start the wild game dinners and now I, I, I visited somebody this week Luke was with me and nobody's doing them in the area anymore and I said well we're about to do one and this fall, we don't know where we're going to do it yet. Might have to do it out there on that property. We were going to do it September 7th, but we're going to, it's a little too hot in September. We're going to push it back to October. We're just going to make sure we're not burning up out there in that field. But we're going to do one. And we're going to see God begin to do things for his glory. All right? Well, I've got just a few minutes. Really, my time's up. Y'all didn't give me enough time. All right, but that's okay. Y'all good? We're going to have to stop right here. It's best.
I've always said it's better to be a little short than it is to be a little too long. Because the brain cannot comprehend what the bottom cannot endure. <laughs> and that's a fact. Amen. Y'all with me? Y'all going to come back next week? Because I'm going to begin teaching you. I was going to give you the first eight and go over them. But I'll, I'll come back next week and we'll go over all 16 of them at the same time. Good enough? Y'all going to get out to get ahead of everybody else at the restaurant. So y'all will be glad. Happy. All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you.